Hi, I'm Adrian Tan, and this is my podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR tech and the future of work. I was a former HR serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR tech market map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping that sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself and your business for what the future of work may bring. Many managers remain skeptical about distributed workforce. I think it stems from traditional management belief that if you're not looking over your employees' shoulders, they will skive. Unfortunately, this belief is prevalent with many people managers treating their office like a factory floor. Addressing this and helping businesses better understand how and what people do at work, my guest today started FlowTrack to help companies get the data on the where and how employees are spending their time. Having designed and built enterprise products in IBM and NTT data, Chandra Siva Subramaniam and the team launched FlowTrack to address India and Southeast Asian markets' need to drive organizational effectiveness and employee productivity. Hi Chandra, thank you for coming on to the show. Hello Adrian, good afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity to be present in your pod- podcast today. Where does this podcast find you? I'm based out of uh, Melbourne, Australia. Are you there since the, the COVID situation or is that just one of the base that you have? Uh, so I'm here for the past 10 years and my team is you know kind of spread across locations and I would say I am stuck in Melbourne for more than a year now. And, and this first time, you know, I'm not traveling anywhere for more than 15 months. Which, well, at least to me, doesn't sound like a bad situation. Melbourne happens to be, if I'm not wrong, I think the number two best livable cities in the world, according to some survey. That's true. Yeah, it's a country that I always wanted to go to, but I, I'm digressing. So to, to set the context, could you help the audience understand more about yourself and the company that you are working on right now and what motivated you to jump into it? Sure. Myself, founder and CEO of FlowTrack. We started FlowTrack after pandemic really kickstarted last year. When we were working with some of our customers, we were actually chatting with them about the pain points they were having in managing the distributor workforce. And the initial discussion, you know, really made us to start FlowTrack, right? So businesses of, you know, 100 plus employees, when they had not embraced the uh, work from home before they were all of a sudden you know put into this situation and they were not able to bring transparency in the uh, workforce where they were not able to track their activities and any sort of unavailability due to logistical issues like internet connectivity or power shutdown and all that is very common in emerging countries and especially India, Vietnam, Philippines, Indonesia. And, uh, you know, people were not able to trust, you know, whether this is really a fact or not. So our idea was to really help them to bring in the transparency so that, you know, they are effectively managing them and not really micromanaging the people. So that's the, uh, that's a real driver for us to start FlowTrack after last pandemic. And when we and what's your background before FlowTrack? So before FlowTrack, we were working in HR tech space for uh, quite some time. I, I I started my career with IBM in two thousand one, and I've been there for uh, almost fourteen years as an enterprise solution architect, helping IBM to build enterprise products. 
and uh, worked across you know multiple locations you know i was part of an european project for eight years in the beginning and then moved to us for four years and then i moved on to australia for a few years and that that's my technical background and then when i left ibm i started my work in a consulting firm in australia called octon consulting which is part of ntt data and uh, in 2017 when you know, blockchain machine learning ai uh, you know things were uh, kind of picking up and i was so fascinated about doing something there that's when you know we started helping uh, startups to build products so we were actually kind of specializing in product engineering and we happened to be in hr tech space and when pandemic kick started you know we just got into the flow track development and yeah and that, that's how you know we uh, started the journey with flow track was it nerve-wracking for you to consider starting a brand new business when COVID first started? I mean, it seems to be like the worst possible timing to be starting a business, uh, a high-risk venture. Exactly. Uh, you're right. Absolutely right. But when we were actually starting to see what can be done to help customer, only thing we had in mind was, if at all we are doing something in this space, we should be able to get the beta version in the shortest time possible and we did exactly the you know uh, same thing we could actually get the beta version in six weeks time and got it live in microsoft store right so that was our first release so that actually brought us a lot of confidence so if you're able to get this basic version in six weeks time i think we should be able to do more right and because of the pandemic and uh, distributed workforce and you know businesses worried about the transparency of the workforces we thought like that's an opportunity as well right so timing wasn't good for a business but for this particular use case we thought that's an opportunity and uh, and also that opportunity proved to be you know right and then we had great traction in the beginning and a uh, lot of businesses uh, onboarded and they asked for more and we are actually you know uh, there are a few things which only flow track offers such as autonomous monitoring you know there are businesses where they wanted to empower employees and you know not really police the employees activities throughout the day right so so that's something you know we we added it because customer asked for it and we were very closely working with customers from the beginning and uh, iterated the product to fit the market requirement and scale ourselves into multiple geographies as well and the commencement of this company started around january 2020 which was probably a, a month in fact, a month before the, the COVID situation really hit. Right. So I must say, you you definitely have foresight <laughs> in, in what is going to happen. But still on the pandemic thing, did it occur to you back in January 2020 that the situation is going to last so long? When we started, you know, we didn't really think of this as a separate product. And so we were adding this product as a very small feature or a module to our HR tech platform. And... After seeing the traction and also seeing what's going on and uh, hearing the news that, okay, the mutation and the way it is changing and the way people are getting comfortable with working from home these days and unions are demanding, especially in Australia, you know, they were demanding to have at least part of the time working from home, like at least three days in a week, you know, you should allow people to work from home. We saw that, okay, there is a huge opportunity because it's not going to be the same as what you have seen pre-pandemic. So future of work is going to be definitely different. And this is more decentralized and distributed. And we ran a pilot for a longer period 
And now, now we are actually forming whatever we thought that it, this is going to be the case. And now we are, uh, now the data is proving that, right? So initially we didn't have much data to prove that, you know, we are going to be right, but we believed that this model is going to, you know, be, this model is going to be embraced by uh, everybody across the globe because there are a lot of benefits to both ways. So as an uh, employer, you are saving on the infrastructure, you're saving on other costs. If you're able to enable a hybrid working structure wherein you know you don't need to have so much of real estate in you know central business district paying premium for you know all these office buildings and at the same time you're enabling people to have flexibility so they are saving time on travel they are saving time on everything else road congestion is you know reducing less pollution in the environment and you know you're giving back some of their time for employees to either to enjoy with family right and also you're providing a flexibility Right. And it's not that you need to be really nine to five. You let people to start early, you know, then take a break for a couple of hours, then a few hours of during the day and then take a break in the evening when, you know, and you have a family and you have kids and then work a couple of hours in the evening. So you are able to provide that kind of a flexibility. Now everybody is talking, talking about an employee value proposition. So this flexibility became a value proposition to the employer, right? So, so though, you know, we didn't have data to uh, say, okay, this is going to be working for us. Flowtrack is going to be, you know, really having a huge demand, but, you know, we just, you know, we're trying to solve the problem at that point in time. And we were anticipating that this is what is going to happen. And that is really happening now. So Flowtrack basically has four key features, productivity, monitoring, employee insights, data loss prevention, and asset optimization. So maybe I just focus on the first two productivity monitoring and employee insights. And based on what I've learned from the material shared, so essentially it's helping companies to have a better understanding of the time spent by their employees, especially in a decentralized or remote environment. On the employee insights, I'm interested to find out more on that because I would believe it ties into the productivity monitoring bit and how different would it be in compared to many other employee engagement recognition tools out in the market? Sure. So the, the tracking what we do with FlowTrack is, you know, every second, you know, you're getting monitored, right? So you can consider this uh, from two different uh, ways, right? One, maybe you are intrusive, you are tracking me, what I am doing, and other, you know, other way to perceive this is, okay, I am doing the right thing and everything that I do is getting tracked, right? So if you look at the latter part of it, when you consider the you know, engagement tools or performance management tools, it's always result focused. So you work on a project for a month or a, for, you know, quarter, and then you are recognized for the outcome you generated out of that, you know, after that one month or three or three months. Right. With the monitoring tool, with FlowTrack especially, you are provided with insights on a real time where as a manager or a business owner, I can take decisions proactively. So now I see that there are a set of people who's really performing well consistently and I'm seeing the data every day. Right, and I'm also seeing who's actually highly efficient people. Right, I can see that on a real time dashboard. Now, I don't need to wait for that month to show the result. I'm seeing the effort going in there. I can recognize them then and there. I can provide them a lunch voucher. I can provide them a movie ticket, 
whatever i wanted to reward them i can do that on a real time that is a huge impact on motivation you work for a quarter and then you are recognized is too late now we help them help the businesses and managers to proactively recognize people right so that's one aspect second important aspect is the disengagement that's that's really a huge problem it's not that you know because of the pandemic or because you know people are sitting remotely or in a distributed setup disengagement is a huge issue it doesn't matter where you are if you are not enabling the uh, new joinees to connect with people right or you are not able to identify that there are some concerns for the new joinees or for employees you know who are there in the organization by the time you know you identify you may be identifying when they are resigning or you may be identifying when they are not delivering it that's too late right so you hire somebody and you know get them onboarded and then you are not understanding what's going on and then there is a job dissatisfaction and then they either leave the organization or they don't give what they what you are expecting them to give right so with flow track you would be able to understand the disengagement level of employees on a real time again and whenever you see that you can talk to them support them with the training support them with the mentorship and enable them to deliver the best so it helps on both you know rewarding and recognizing people so that you know you are encouraging uh, people who is uh, you know performing well and they are feeling that they are recognized and they will be highly motivated right and they'll be supportive of every action that you do they will be supportive of your vision of the business right and then at the same time you're also helping the people who are disengaged you know to you know remove the blockers and supporting them with training so that you know they are actually delivering so overall if you see as an individual they are going to stay with you feel happy about the job and as a business you are getting benefited with the uh, right outcome then and see from that angle and i think one one merit behind this is really to help many well i would say old fashioned people managers in helping them manage people differently because from what i'm seeing a lot of people manager tend to really manage their people in a factory like setting so focusing very much on the time spent what time you come in what time you leave office how many hours of do you go for lunch how many toilet breaks do you go to which does not really play a material impact especially in a knowledge driven company and of course knowing exactly where you spend time is still significantly important which is why personally for myself i track uh, my time on how much time i spend on facebook and all that which really give me a great insight but mm-hmm. on on the other hand at the employee end I'm I'm certain rightful rightly or wrongly I do not want my employer to know about the websites that I I'm browsing how granular would all this tracking be okay so you know we offer you know solution for all segment of the uh, businesses right so for example when you wanted to be transparent with the employees and you wanted to tell the employees that you know you wanted to track their time you wanted to understand when they are checking in when they are checking out yes you know you can offer them a consent based tracking where every day user has a control whenever they start work they start tracking and they, they wrap up the work they stop tracking right and then there are enterprises where there is a compliance requirement for example banks or financial services uh, business or any it services business who's actually helping a bank for uh, it support and all that where they handle sensitive information they handle customer data so they wanted to make sure any action that your employee is doing on the system 
is kind of monitored and any sort of, you know, wrong actions are proactively identified and uh, risk is mitigated, right? And now when you talk about the privacy where employees are browsing the social media sites, could be Facebook or Instagram or anything, you know, that they enjoy doing on internet. Now, as an employer, if you wanted to maintain a culture of, you know, trust and you wanted to really help employees or empower them, then we have an option called autonomous monitoring, where this is more about an individual monitoring themselves, right? And they are not sharing all their unproductive activities, right? So I can browse Facebook maybe three hours a day, right? And I'm not telling my manager that I have done this or I'm not sharing the data, right? Which URL, what chat I have done. But I am responsible here. I make sure since I spent, you know, a few hours on social media, my overall hours are not really eight, which is what my business needs. Then I really stretch myself in the evening to cover that up. And now as a manager or a business owner, you see that, you know, my employee has done the work, but I don't care what time he has done. Maybe he spent some time on social media, which is something I'm not seeing what he has done. But I see the productive activities related to my business is performed over a period of like morning six till, you know, evening nine, whatever the time he chose to do. But he has delivered that in eight hours of productive time. That's what I want. Right. So you have that option as well. So. So it's all about, you know, what you really wanted to accomplish here. What sort of organization culture you have? What sort of, you know, the trust factor, you know, you have in the organization, you know, whether it's a high growth business, it's, uh, you know, highly skilled workforce where, you know, you do not want to really police them. You really wanted to empower them and uh, help them to, you know, increase their productivity by themselves, not really you telling them that they have to work, you know, so and so hours, right? So... So we wanted to you know, really take care of that concern of the employee's privacy. So we introduced autonomous monitoring in FlowTrack. And wherever you know enterprises wanted to really mitigate the data breach risk or data loss prevention, all that, we have the stealth mode monitoring. And wherever they wanted to be transparent and get the consent from users you know, on track, we have a consent-based application as well. So key thing here I can identify is, of course, you have to be transparent with your employees. Don't install this, you know, behind their back and then, you know, not letting them know what is going on. And also importantly, it is to spot the right behaviors rather than trying to penalize the ones that you may frown upon. But at the end of the day, it is still really very much about driving the right outcome. As you shared earlier on, as long as the, there are good correlations between the time spent as well as the outcome that they're expected to produce, you know, it, it, it really does not matter, you know, if they were to spend perhaps some time here and there on Netflix or on social media. Is yeah. that where I'm, where, what, what I'm, I'm detecting here? Yeah. Okay. And what about the, 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 the way uh, companies can perhaps use this data to help train other employees to be more productive because I would imagine given the vast amount of data, perhaps maybe maybe I'll just use a sales department because sales is always easier to quantify. You obviously would have your A players, your B players, your C player. With the data that you're monitoring, would it be possible for the management to have a better understanding of what make A player A player and use that knowledge to train the B and the C? 
Yes. See, we do this in uh, two aspects, right? So one, we provide as part of the insights where you can understand how an individual is consistently performing. So there are multiple level of engagement you measure, right? So one is on the hardware level where you track how engaged they are on the keyboard and mouse. And then you track their activities on the applications and, you know, websites and all that. Now, you know, when you are providing that insights, I can really identify who's in my, in my team, who's the, you know, the A player and who's really the B player, right? And I can also see how my team is doing overall. Because uh, you may not be having all shining stars in the team. You know, you will have a mix of people. Some may be average, some may be, you know, high performers. So you always, you know, deal with the team having this mixed skill level and performance. So now you obviously need to recognize the uh, right people, right? So now managers are, you know, enabled to take decisions on appraisals and all that based on data, not on perception, right? And it used to be the case, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, get to recognize somebody based on perception, how they talk to you, how they interact with team, but, you know, it's not really on the solid outcome that they are generating. Right? So that's one aspect. And the another one is about the, you know, the employee themselves, right? So they can look at the champions of, in the team, right? So every day you get to see their daily insights and there you see, okay, where you stand compared to your peers. And within my organization, who's the top five people, right? So if I am actually sending a communication internally saying, okay, these are all the people really high performers. And when I see that and I'm not in that list, I'm actually having a push to do more, to change my behavior, be focused and deliver the best so that, you know, one day I'll be there in that, you know, the top five leadership board, leader board, right? So you are actually driven through this indirect campaign as well as an individual. That's really a fantastic idea to help companies better up their productivity in a very meaningful way because uh, a lot of time we have always relied on gut feel, what's the right thing to do. But of course, with quantifiable data, the way you approach things will be very different because it's evidence-based. Having yeah. said that, I also want to get your thoughts on uh, a few situations I came across in Singapore. So a friend mm -hmm. of mine, he was in, there's two stories here. So one, he, he is working in this telco and under this former boss, especially when COVID first started, he was, he and the team were expected to greet each other in a WhatsApp group every morning around 8.30, you know, good morning, you know, yeah. and the premise is just to ensure people wakes up on time. Yeah. And second of all, the, the meetings that they have are always done before and after lunchtime, just okay. to ensure that you cannot go for long lunches. Now, there is one story. The other story was even crazier. Now, this company, I actually got to know as part of my study to do an article on diversity and all that. But then I realized this company, okay, they're doing very well in terms of diversity, blah, blah, blah. But they had this thing where all their workers, who, of course, has to work remotely right now, mm -hmm. have to turn on their camera on Zoom. Wow. From nine to six, and the argument, or rather the rationale, is oh, people can feel connected when they are working. Okay, what's your take on that? <laughs> that's, I think that's a bit too much. I would say, because this is too intrusive, and also another thing, you know, you know some of the scenarios you explained. So that's more of you know building a team that is without any trust, right? So you don't have any trusted team members there and you don't see that, you know, they are actually, you know, doing what you are expecting them to do because you are always suspicious. 
I think this is not going to create a great ambience for high-performing team, right? So, so that's what, you know, we always connect with our prospects, our customers, you know, this is what we tell them, like, see, this, these tools, you know, though it, we say it's monitoring, it's not really for you to polish, right? This is to bring you confidence. So when you have confidence on your people, or when you know that, you know, whatever they are doing during the business hours, you have the control of, you know, their activities, then you don't really suspect on anything. Right. You let them do, you provide flexibility. You don't ask them to be, you know, say on a Zoom call for the whole day, or you don't ask them to, you know, cut short their lunch because you have the data, you know, the productivity and you let them, you know, deliver the outcome. Doesn't matter what time they work or what place they are working from, you know. So, so this is, you know, really, really, you know, based on the managerial style, right? So, if you're able to provide the right tools for such managers, I think, you know, we can build a culture of motivation and support rather than, you know, micromanagement and untrusted uh, environment, right? And also as a team, they thrive. And as a manager, you can focus on your core stuff rather than just, you know, policing people. And as an organization, you'll be able to retain the right people. And as an organization, you'll be able to do great stuff and innovate because, you know, the managers are uh, really the strong pillars of every organization. If you don't have the right managers, you are actually, you know, giving, setting a wrong perception about the organization to the entire team, right? So the managers are the kind of, you know, representative of the organization culture to the entire team, you know, whom they are managing. So, yeah, so I think, you know, it's all about having the right tool and bringing the transparency to the managers so that they are actually able to trust people and then not really getting uh, too intrusive and very untrusted, creating very untrusted environment. The, the managers are not there to just police people. And I remember reading a book called Own Your Culture by one of my guests, Brett Butler, uh, in which one of the stories about entrepreneur, when he first started, he was an extreme micromanager. But I realized micromanagement does not scale. You reach a stage where you can only micromanage so many people, which is why he has to do it in a very different manner. And he started to focus on culture, building mm -hmm. up the right core values and ensuring people practice and live by those core values so he doesn't have to micromanage. So, and that allowed him to scale. So for managers listening out there, uh, if you're still sitting on the fence, micromanagement does not scale and policing does not scale as well. If your, your, your core duty is really trying to grow the business. And yeah. and to move on from this conversation, so what's next for FlowTrack? What what other plans you have in mind? What's on the roadmap over the rest of this year? So right now, you know, our focus is to really scale. So we iterated the product and covered a lot of relevant use cases in the platform. Now we are working on to scale our platform beyond a, a certain geography and expanding our partnership deep into Southeast Asia, where we are exploring partnership in Malaysia, Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia, and Singapore as well. And, and we wanted to really get closer to this HR tech platforms and wanted to see the integration opportunities and integrate FlowTrack into as many platforms as possible so that every business is able to, you know, create a performance culture based on data. Right. So not just the KRA, not just the numbers or not just the outcome, but you see the effort and recognize the people for the effort as well. Right. So that's our goal going forward. Well, for Singapore, especially if you want to reach out to all these partners, there is the HR Tech Market Map. You can easily make reference to that. I believe you guys are on it as well. So just reach out to those companies and I'm sure they'll be happy to have a chat with you to learn more. 
So lastly, for companies or people who are interested to find out more about FlowTrack, where should they go to? They can visit flowtrack.ai. That's our portal for you know all the uh, use cases and solutions we have presented. We have some success stories presented there. And I am, you know, just a message away in LinkedIn. I am pretty active there in LinkedIn. So people can, you know, directly connect with me in LinkedIn as well. Thank you so much. And Chandrayaj has three months free usage for the platform for up to 100 users for any interested party from my audience. So I will put the information in the show notes as well as to their website as well. So once again, uh, thank you so much for your time today, Chandra. Having a great time speaking with you and I wish you all the success and with your rest of the journey in FlowTrack. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you so much for this opportunity and uh, you know your time as well today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.